0: is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Um, We are shooting for a a hopefully non-confrontational show today, despite the topic. I have Eric on the line with me and um it's been it's been a minute since we've talked about it, but uh it occurred to me this morning that um you know, much as I tend to ramble on about uh Star Wars and Eric also enjoys the Star Wars, so that works out well. Um, you know, I, I also ramble on about D and D, of which Eric does not necessarily know know a whole lot and he may or may not enjoy that. I guess we'll find out. Um but one of the things that sort of is the flip side of the coin there, um, in, in terms of things that Eric enjoys, um, and I know precious little about,
1: uh, would be,
0: Eric, tell the people what you're into.
1: Well, Todd, I was originally going to say American Girl Dolls, but you've done an entire episode on that, <laughs> so I guess that wouldn't be correct. Uh, no. Todd, we are talking about the lovely, the lovely sport of professional wrestling. Sweet. And, and uh, know that this will be kind of non-confrontational. It will be strictly choreographed, um, not move <laughs> by move or, or word by word, but we'll know the basic premise going in and okay. uh, ha- have a victor and a storyline at hand by the end of the episode. We'll be moving the story along and everybody will be on the edge of their seats, eating their popcorn, holding up their signs and flipping the bird, depending, uh, I guess, which era of wrestling we're watching. Okay. Sweet. So, so tell us all about it, Eric. Well, this is an interesting concept because uh, like you and D&D, you know, we both know that we have love for a specific hobby that is very niche. And, uh, you know, for, for you, it's D&D, and I know enough about it to be dangerous. And from what I'm believed uh, by you, you telling me is you're enough to be dangerous with wrestling. And you probably know the mainstream culture of it, just like I know the mainstream culture of D&D. You know, because I right. picture the, the kids from Stranger Things, you know, yeah. sitting in the basement throwing, you know, dice and and so forth. And you probably picture Hulk Hogan, um, big oiled, greased up guy, like yep. dropping a leg on some big fat dude in a swimsuit. Pretty much. Um, that, that, that's largely what that amounts to. In, in, yeah. You know. So. So the I guess I kind of came across wrestling in maybe third grade. And there was no rhyme or reason why. Now, I had a couple friends that liked wrestling more so than I did. They would go and rent the videos from our lovely Sun video in Martin's Ferry for mm-hmm. all the Martin's Ferry listeners, which is now no longer in existence, I believe. Um, yeah. So we, I, they would rent, rent, you know, they would have a wrestling wall or I guess they would call it sports. Uh, but wrestling videos were pretty prevalent. So I, I've seen it, but I didn't really get into it until about third grade. And at this point in time, it was actually kind of past the heyday of where, you know, WrestleMania started and Hulk Hogan was kind of fizzling out. Um, So he's obviously your your big top star uh, that everybody knows when you say wrestling. Now, in modern days, you have people like The Rock, who's probably overtake him in overall celebrity. But still, if you say name a wrestler, I think Hulk Hogan will be your number one answer in your family feud style game. Uh, I think that's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I think he just embodies what wrestling was, and he was the reason why it kind of hit mainstream. So I became a fan, and you know, for years and years, um, I did not believe the whole uh, F word, which uh, you know many people would say that wrestling was indeed. And you fill in the blank. I will be not. I will not do such things. Um, Does it? Does it? Does it rhyme with take? Yes. Yeah. Some would. Some would say that would be the case, uh, which is unfair to anybody because that would say, be say, you know, say the same thing as like movies. Um, I mean, I guess they're all correct, you know, in musicals and, and songs or anything for that matter. Everything is, uh, you know, I guess not exactly real. Uh, right. But for, for the most part, I became a huge fan as a kid and it kind of was catered to a child audience. So I was probably third, fourth, fifth grade when right. they were kind of catering to that. And then through the years, they became more um, PG-13, which that's when you started seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and a group called DX, which you're probably not familiar with. They were not very – yeah, they were very counterculture and uh, very rebellious. And, of course, that taps right into the 16-year-old in me, and that's right. when my next wave of, like, super fandom came about, and that was during high school in which, like, I was all about wrestling, didn't miss a show – taped everything, uh, made best of dubs and, and so forth to the point, of course, I wanted to be a wrestler and we created our own little backyard wrestling federation, which was all hip in the late nineties, right. uh, to the point where I actually even wrestled in independent shows, like in front of crowds, I guess you could get paid if there was like, you know, if I was a better negotiator, but probably had at least, you know, 10 to 15 professional style matches, uh, with like actual professionals that were on TV. Uh, and so forth, so that was my little career and then then uh, college hit, and uh, you know life actually happens, and uh, I decided that wasn't necessarily my take and then uh, through the years I've been in and out of love with wrestling for majority reasons, but for the most part, it has been a uh, it's been a part of my childhood since, since you know nineteen ninety three so um, and I was really you know being radically into it. And my high school years, probably my most influential years of my life, you know, Uh, so so wrestling is a pretty big deal and I'm fairly passionate about it. But I watch it, you know, not as your mainstream casual viewer. I am a very big hybrid of like, all right, I understand the art that goes into it, the skill set and the storytelling. And that is primarily a lot what I like about it. And uh, over the last year, I've jumped back in because um, I love an underdog and the WWE, which was WWF for years, right. have um, have been dominant. They basically beat out their competition in 2001 and have been on the scene doing whatever they want for years. And there's a little renegade company called AEW that started up with uh, a couple ex-WWE guys and a couple uh, mainstream um, independent acts, and they just started up. And I actually just went to a show in Cleveland of theirs the other day with uh, Hunter and I've been supporting their brand and will continue because I love a nice underdog, but that is, that is a very generic or, or generalized story of my history with pro wrestling. Now uh, opening up the floor to you, I'm sure you have questions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I sure do. So.
0: Um, yeah. Cause I remember growing up, the WWF was was very much a thing and very, very popular. Um, it was never really my jam that much. Like, I knew it existed. I was aware of it. I, you know, wasn't against it or anything. It just was not, like, I was not a sports guy. And, you know, at that time, at, at that age, in those years, it, I was, I was at the stage where I thought that, you know, it wasn't, I'm going to just insult you and all the people you use, that it was a, you know, a real sport that none of it was, you know, arranged, that it was, you know, right there along, you know, with basketball, football and baseball that, you know, the, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, college wrestling or high school wrestling, except it was, you know, there were, you know, characters to it. And yeah, it was the year of, you know, Andre the Giant and, you know, Hulk Hogan and all that sort of stuff. Um, there was a a buddy of mine, uh, a good friend of mine back in the day, he was super into it and we'd go over to their house, um, and they would, you know, watch the wrestling and he'd, you know, we'd go out into his backyard and and wrestle. And that's pretty much the point at which I was, was, you know, the curtain was lifted and the, listen, this is all kind of planned out. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to do this to you and then you do this. And I'm like, oh. that kind of knocked some of the sheen off of it for me. Um sure. Knowing that it was, you know, which is whatever. Like I, it is what it is. I, you know, nowadays I view it more as entertainment than, you know, a, a actual competition type sport. And that's fine. You know, it's one of those. If you know what a thing is and you enjoy that thing, rock on. Um, I, I had more of a problem with thinking it was one thing and finding out it was another sort of a deal yeah um and so i remember there was the wwf and i feel like there was something called a wcw like there were different like leagues or federations or something Mm -hmm. and i never quite understood what the heck all that was about um somebody at at one point said "Eh, you know it's it's like abc and cbs and nbc it's all tv it's all you know network but it's they're slightly different. They're not all the same thing, and I don't know how accurate that is. That's um, pretty accurate. But, I would uh, say that's fair. Okay. Um, so uh, it, I guess, and then you know, they switched from WWF to WWE, and it's not clear to me if they did that just to drop the word federation and put in the word entertainment to make it clearer what's going on there, or um, or, or they could have got their ass. Was the world wildlife Federation, that's it. or you know fund or whatever that one is with the panda logo thing if they gave them a bunch of ration or how that worked to me they'll always be the wwf because that's
1: how i grew up with it yeah it 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 would take a long time for that to get out of your brain it took me for a little bit you know obviously a while but yes right. indeed it's actually a little bit of a hybrid of course the whole um dot com situation came around and you grab right. wwf.com right okay. well uh in, in the grand scheme of things, and I don't know the exacts, but it definitely had to deal with Europe and the, like, uh, the U.K., really? um, there was some type of lawsuit from the World Wildlife Fund in which they actually have been in existence longer, I believe. So they had the rights right. to the – and by having WWF.com, I believe that caused some type of lawsuit and whatever. And along with the whole entertainment aspect, I think that was just the cheap, easier, better way to just kind of resolve the issue. Then uh, Probably fight because the of, pandas. Yeah, because of public law. You know, pro wrestling versus um, preserving animals. I just don't feel like they would win. You know, the public, uh, the, the public opinion. You might win the legal thing, but yeah, p- the court of public opinion would probably yeah, not so, do too well for you there. So no, and that's and it and it's fine because you know what, like it. Um, they had a really good uh, slogan when they did it. They had to the, get the F out, which uh, was <laughs> nicely, which was fun. Uh, so that was I their way of that. like that's, co-branding. That's So, yeah, 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 I think you're, you know, I don't know what gravitates people towards wrestling when they're young, but I feel like if you get bit early on, you get it, you know, like I believe, you know, everything, you know, I believe that, you know. The Native American Tatanka, who was my favorite wrestler back in 1993, was legit, you know, straight up living in the teepee, you know, between matches (laughs) like that, because that's what they made you want to believe. And, you know, I thought the ultimate warrior was awesome. And I had his figures before I even watched because he was just, you know, and he looked like a, you know, a massive human being and just was from some outer, you know, I think he was from parts unknown. You know, like that was his home. So we just assumed he, you know, we just don't even know where this guy lives. He's crazy. And I believed in all that, you know, and then finally it came around, you know, and then, then you start taking it for what it is and you're like, wow, this is, this is pretty much choreographed art with a lot of skill, uh, you know, and then sooner or later then becomes what a lot of people like to categorize as a male soap opera, which is fine, I guess. I mean, I don't love the way that's categorized. Um, but it essentially, you start realizing it's more about developing of characters and you finding people that you relate to and, you know, and storylines that are relatable. You know, this guy has to fight through this adversity and, or this guy's getting screwed over this way because, you know, the corporate giant is trying to hold him down and so forth. So you find these little relatable things while you still also get the action, you know, like actual action. And of course then, you know, they start throwing in, you know tables, ladders, and chairs, and people were jumping off things and just were doing ridiculous stunt moves. So it's like watching a giant stunt show. So it, it, you know, and then they, of course, bring in then very beautiful ladies. And of course, that's like perfect for a teenager or even a young man, you know, or older men for that matter, just (laughs) a man or females for that matter. Let's just open it all up, you know, beautiful women's great. Um, So... So, and and then over the years, I mean, I guess what's unfortunately happened, and this is where I kind of fell off, is you're right, there was a WCW, and Vince McMahon is the owner of the WWE, and he essentially bought out, uh, or basically, I wouldn't say he put WCW out of business, but WCW went down and he bought out the competition. So for years, you have this corporate giant, which would, you know, equivocate to like a Walmart, and then you have a couple, you know little save a lots or whatever, trying to open up shop, but they just can't compete. So they would just keep falling down and, and so forth. So for years it was just the WWE and they went public. And at that point it almost felt like they were just going to do what's best for their shareholders. And they didn't need to kind of push the needle or, or be controversial or do anything that would shock, you know, be shock value. And one of the better things for wrestling is it was, for the most part, you get a live show each week and anything could happen and they, they could change the, you know, they could change the script during mid-show. So you really never knew what was going to happen. So there was shock value back between when, uh, let's say, 97, 98, which probably the heyday between the competition between the two, WWE and, WWF, um, and WCW, they actually right. had live shows on Monday night competing against each other, fighting for those ratings. So, so this was, you know, and so they would go and they would sign the other guys to contracts from the other show and have them just show up in the middle of the other show and have people switch channels, you know, and and it was just what they called the Monday Night War, which was probably the best time for wrestling fans ever. And you had these, you know, these great storylines and everybody was trying to top the other one week to week. And for a wrestling fan, it was amazing. For me, I was I'm a loyalist. So I said, absolutely not. I'll never turn to WCW. I'm WWF until I die. And <laughs> I, right. and so I missed a lot of the good stuff on the other channel, but now I'm kind of um reflecting. I listen to a lot of podcasts talking about it and, and so forth. And I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have dug my heels, you know, too deep. I should have <laughs> probably been able to enjoy everything, which is something right. that I'm trying to, you know, trying to do now because we're at the second emergence of what they call the Wednesday night war, which is the new upstart company, AEW now has a show on Wednesday nights on TNT. And then of course, WWE decides to throw their show on Wednesday nights on the USA network directly head to head. So it's kind of fun to watch, you know, on Thursdays or Fridays, the ratings come out and you see which, which one, won, you know, the giant juggernaut WWE or, you know, the under, you know, the, the, the new start company, um, which has just been fun to have some competition. But I think when the WWE public lost their competition, they kind of phoned it in for years and it was the same stuff over and over and over. And it was just the same guys and they really didn't care to like do anything controversial shock value. So I think a lot of fans just kind of drifted off and said, yeah, we'll find something else to watch, you know, and I was victim of that. Uh, for many years, and then every now and then I'll jump right back in. You know, something will catch my eye, and I'll start wa- watching. So I've been watching uh, AEW since October, which is the the new the new start. The new What's the that new stand generation. for? What's AEW all, stand for? All Elite Wrestling. Mm. And they have a they have a pretty uh, cool story. So the there's about four or five guys that are considered like the executive uh, directors or pros. One of them is an ex WWE guy that just said, you know, he got out of a contract, he was, you know, mid card range or whatever. And they just weren't letting him kind of go to the next level because I guess sidebar, wrestling gets really interesting when you break down that, uh, that next wall and you start like actually hearing about the politics and the inner stories of like the actual people you know, where there's legit, like, backstage politics of, you know, because although it, it's kind of scripted who wins and who loses, but the the higher on the card, if you're in the main event, you make more money. If you're a champion, you make more money. Oh, yeah. So yeah. to believe it's not cutthroat, I mean, probably the most interesting aspects of wrestling is the behind-the-scenes politics. How do you get more money? How do you, you know, you get in with this group, and now you're, you know, in a clique that allows you to, you know, have more – political pressure and you get to win and stuff, but you don't like this guy, you can hold him down. So you start hearing these stories and there's legit businesses that basically report on that stuff. And that's super, that's super interesting to me, you know? Yeah. Um, so nonetheless, one of the guys was kind of like, all right, I'm done with this. And he went off on his own and, uh, started making big money, just doing like these little independent shows throughout the country and throughout the the world. Um, in, uh, in a different world, there's, there's a, company called new japan wrestling all right okay and it of course is in japan and it's a big deal over there because japanese wrestling is you know a pretty hot deal over there and nowadays you can make just as much money over there as you could probably working you know for wwe so there were a couple good upstart guys from the united states that went over there and started turning heads um and in a nutshell one of the big WWE, former WWE loudmouths, he was a manager and so forth, Um, and uh, started crapping all over these guys and kind of giving them negative publicity, but kind of rallying people up to kind of support them, saying, you know, these guys are no good, they couldn't make it, blah, 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 while all the fans of those kind of rallied together, and then another guy basically said, um, which was a writer, a wrestling writer, just a third-party writer said they couldn't sell out a show or something like that. And the guy said, watch us. So these independent guys, these like four or five single wrestlers booked a uh, a Chicago stadium and right. sold the sucker out in like 10 minutes. Um, oh, geez. With, without, yeah, without like an actual like corporate federation behind them um, <laughs> to prove a point, because I think what they call is the lapsed fans, um, people like myself back when wrestling was in its heyday, and this is going to get super in the weeds. Um, okay. We're about rating, Yeah. So uh, understand television ratings, and they're very difficult to understand in its own right. But let's just say you get a point, you know, a 1.0 uh, in, in the ratings. I believe a point in the ratings is like 100,000 households. So that would be like a okay. million households, right? Back right. in the heyday of wrestling, when the Monday Night War was going on, One federation would probably get like a 6.0 and the other one would get like a 4.0. That's almost, you know, 10 million houses watching wrestling, right? Right. Nowadays, now we have a lot of other things to factor in. Back then there was only, you know, 60 channels and no phones and YouTube didn't exist. Streaming and and yeah. 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 So it's not the same. It's not apples to apples, but let's look at it. If you had 10 million wrestling fans, you would assume that 10 million wrestling fans would still be around. It's not like they all died off, you know, right. Um, it's, it's not like this was a very age demographic nowadays. Right. You're lucky to get what a three, you know, so there's like 7 million people that loved wrestling, watched wrestling back in 1998 that are non-existent anymore. And that's what they call the lapsed fan. And I fell into that because I, I haven't watched a Monday night raw for years and they don't even have competition now. They should be able to attract, you know? Um, so when it all said and done, these Laps fans started kind of rallying behind this younger group because I think we're all they were kind of all fed up with the system. They were all kind of fed up with WWE doing the same crap gotcha. uh, all over and over. So they kind of rallied behind these guys. Well, they sold out that building. And next thing you know, is they got involved with a former fan like myself. But this fan actually had a, a billionaire dad. So <laughs> there, there comes Lucky. the money. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So he uh, kind of grouped up with them and created this new joint federation in which they got a, you know, a television deal on TNT and grabbed some pretty big name stars and also have a bunch of, like, hidden gems. And and they're doing it. And, uh, I mean, this is their first year in existence. But it kind of – it might just be in the sport of competitiveness. Right. But it's kind of, you know, sparked some interest from some of those laps fans. So there's nowhere near, you know, like their ratings, they might be getting a 1.0. On TNT, but, right. you know, they're still it's creating something. So that is uh, that's where my newfound interest in wrestling has kind of sparked back. Cool. Well, against let, let, the I'm sorry. I did not No, no, I was going to say, no, I was going to say, I think it's probably a good time for a commercial break. Don't you think that's where that that's where I was going with that? Uh, absolutely. I, I so, get you. Good deal.
0: So let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and I will I, I've got some questions for you. On some uh, some terminology and sort of how some of this stuff shakes out on the on the back end. Perfect. When we come back. Well, thank you, Eric. Um, so question for you. There, there, and I don't know most of them, obviously, but there, there, there are a lot of terms that I've heard thrown around in regarding in regards to wrestling, and I'm I'm not necessarily talking about you know like moves or 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 any of that stuff. Um, okay. More, more, around the drama and the storylines and and, sure. and that sort of a thing. The the quote, soap opera unquote end of it. Um, yes. For example, um, like a heel mm-hmm. is like the the guy who is destined to not win. Is that is that correct? No. Or is that more like the bad guy? Kind yes. of thing? Like, like yes, because I, I I remember from my youth there being like oh, these are the good guys and these are the bad guys, like you were playing Cops and Robbers or or something. Um, and it seemed very nebulous as to who was who and how that was determined um, to me at the time. Is that still a thing? And if so, how does that work?
1: Well, it is a thing. It has been blurred uh, through the years because it is kind of difficult to be disliked um, in a sense because we're all in on the game. So... When, so essentially the two terms that are used in wrestling, and I don't even know where they came from. I'm sure there's some history log of, you know, Ed Strangler Lewis and Frank Gotch figuring out what they're going to call the bad guys and the good guys. But um, for the most Great. part, yeah, those are throwback names. Um, okay. From like I didn't 1900s. know if you made those up or those are actual real names. No. those could have went are, either way. <laughs> those are legit Those are legit wrestlers back when it was actually legit wrestling and before it transformed okay. to like the the art that it is. Uh, so okay. a face, a baby face is what they call it, is a good guy. So you'll hear people commonly referred to as faces. And then the heels are the bad guys, which are, you know. So in the light, basically the heels are the ones that are going to be, you know, cheating, um, cowarding, you know breaking right. the rules, you know, doing anything to kind of get the advantage. And the the baby faces, of course, are the ones that are going to win the good way and clean fight. And, you know, everybody loves them because they're your, you know, all Americans. Exactly. Right. So right. now through the years, like back in the nineties, it was really easy when you're when you're talking to a third grade Eric Hersey, it's really easy. Tatonka was a good guy because he was a Native American. And we all love, you know, the, the origin story. And IRS was a bad guy, right? He was he was a tax, he was an accountant for the government. We all <laughs> okay. obviously hate him, right? And he would, <laughs> you know, he would pull, he would pull to Tonka's hair and he would cheat and he'd hit him with a briefcase when the ref wasn't looking and he'd do all that. So it was very easy, you know, to a third grade. Right. And they right. played that up. They used these very, uh, they called them gimmicks. And essentially, you know, like you would have a plumber you would have a, an accountant, you'd have a, a rich guy, and then, of course, you would have, you know, a masked patriot, and you would have, you know, um, ninja. You'd have all types of different things that, you know, would make oh, yeah. it very easy for us to tell, right? Um,
0: now, oh, well, and that's that's the other thing I remember from my youth. Like, they were all very yes. much characters. Like, you had Absolutely. Uh, Roddy something Piper, Piper who were, like, yeah. coming in a kilt. Yep. And there was some, I want to say, hacksaw person who'd show up with like a chunk of lumber yeah. and Jake the Snake Robert sort of speaks for itself. Like there are some names I can drop that I know very little about them except mm-hmm. their gimmick. And the gimmick yes. is another one of the
1: words that I, yes. I am familiar with. Yeah. So the gimmick was their basically persona. And it was a lot and a lot of times it told you if they were good or bad. And it was kind of easier to determine that. Well, right. when the audience became a little bit more sophisticated and they started changing things, it was kind of impossible to. Firstly, play this off. This guy's a plumber on the side, you know, or this guy's <laughs> right. garbage, this guy's a garbage man on the side. So you started seeing just more realistic characters that these guys were professional wrestlers with this type of attitude, so to speak. Okay. And, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is, I'm sure you're familiar with, was one of the most popular ones. And he probably turned the, the, the kind of everything on his head because he did everything that a heel would do. He would cheat. He would cuss out the referees. He did not care. He would, you know, do whatever. But the crowd started cheering the crap out of him. Okay. So have you heard of Austin 316? Have you ever seen I, those T-shirts or anything I, like that? I,
0: I don't think you could live in any of the places that I've lived okay. in the States and not have been
1: familiar with okay. that on some level. But, I, I mean, was, I
0: know it's a wrestling thing. That's about yes. all I know about it. But. So –
1: So listen, in 1996, he went against your famous – the guy that you know of, Jake the Snake Roberts, okay? Okay. And Jake the Snake Roberts was kind of like on a comeback tour, and he found Christ, and that was part of his character. He was religious okay, and so forth. Well, Steve Austin beat him, and Steve Austin's the bad guy. And in the speech after the match, he basically declared, Austin 316 says, I just kicked your ass or whipped your ass or whatever, (laughs) right? So he's – and the guy – the next day, there are signs everywhere with 316. Austin 316. I was, this is a bad guy. He just did a right. a bad guy. If this was 1990, he would have been booed out the building. In 1996, right. now he's loved and portrayed, and you know, so the the tides have changed. And now there was a, all right, you still do this, you act the same exact way, but the crowd is cheering for you. And essentially, from that point on, it was very difficult now to be a heel or be a bad guy. A hundred percent because now you're going to get fans that are like, Oh, I like this guy because he is doing the bad things because we're not a black and white society. We're very much gray in every levels. So, so wrestling is different now where yes, you have guys you really don't like, and you have guys you really do like, but it's very difficult to make it. Everybody likes one and everybody doesn't like, you know, the other. Gotcha. So we, we are now seeing a, um, if you are, if you're a wrestler that is truly hated, then you are a, uh, a gem. You are not easily found. And there are a few of them out there that now everyone universally hates and those people should be paid, uh, very well because that is a difficult task to do nowadays because to be a cool fan, you like the bad guys sometimes, you know, you're counterculture.
0: So who, who would, I guess, who would that
1: be nowadays?
0: Um, I'm not going to recognize if, any of these names, but like, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think you have to have a good dancing partner, too. So, for instance, in AEW, there is a guy named MJF who is universally hated, okay. uh, like legit hated. He's like, like a spoiled rich guy. But he's going against a gentleman named Cody Rhodes, which is universally liked. So it helps. Uh, but he does everything a bad guy should do. Like he's not signing autographs. He's basically talking trash. He stays in character 100% of the time. So he will straight up say, like, in meet and greets and or, you know, on Twitter, he'll trash talk you. And he's kind of a smug guy that you just want to punch in the face. So right now, and then there are some other ones that uh, the fans turn on because they don't, and it's weird. So nowadays, there are fans that essentially get mad if the office, the booking committee, or the people that make the matches – If they are pushing someone, and I know I'm using some jargon here and I'll explain, someone that they don't feel is credible, then they'll turn on him. So if the office is in the back and say, hey, we like this guy, let's make him win a lot, you know, and try to make him our top guy. And if the fans don't feel that's deserving, they will boo the crap out of him, which basically turns the company on its head and makes the company determine, all right. Are we going to switch directions or are we going to shove it down their throats and make it happen regardless, which has happened over the years and is probably some of the more entertaining um, matches and or shows when the company wants to, this thing to go this certain way and everyone is revolting. It's honestly, Todd, so, picture it's, it's the Star Wars universe with The Last Jedi. Just picture that. But you okay. Put 20, 000, you put 20,000 people in a room and you have them watch the show and then you hear the reactions live. It's uh, it's pretty incredible.
0: So it's got there, there's a little bit of democracy happening
1: here. Uh, you would think you would think uh, sometimes yes and sometimes no, because the alpha male, the, the man with the absolute most T in the world, the most testosterone probably is all reserved to Vince McMahon. And he essentially I, a lot of times he just doesn't care. And that, that turns okay. off a lot of people. But it also makes a pretty decent product because you're not questioning a lot. And okay. over the years, he has been saying, "This is our guy, and we're going to push him no matter what, and he is going to win, and he is going to be the face of this company, regardless if the vocal minority or the even the, the you know the vocal majority doesn't care. This is what we're doing, and it, it and it creates some uh, it creates some good underdog stories because then the fans will get behind somebody that the company had no intention of, you know, kind of uh, pushing. And right. when I'm saying and, and the term push basically means uh, d- planned wins uh planned right. camera time so forth like basically they're going to let this guy be you know the best he can be and put him in favoring light you know doesn't always right. mean win it just means you are they're promoting that person as- absolutely Yeah, absolutely so the di- and that and that part is actually what's fascinating if you for me that's what gets me on the on Twitter looking stuff up and seeing like, what the heck went wrong here? Like they, this company planned for something and now you have, you know, this person who wins this big match and every, they planned on everybody cheering and loving it. And then you get the crowd completely booing and crapping on everything, you know? Um, and that's, that's kind of fascinating to me. It's, you know, a giant survey of like, how did that go wrong? You know, it's like a giant fail. Interesting. Yeah. And and that's the dynamics. Nobody probably would understand in, in, in that aspect. Because when you're a football fan, you kind of like your team. And you might not right. like the coach. You might not like the coach. And, you know, and if they if they win the game, you're cheering, even though you don't like some of the scenarios of it. Right. And if they lose, right. I mean, there are scenarios where you boo the crap out of them. But most of the time, you're just like, you all kind of go home and you shut up. But in this case, it's like, no, you know, over the years, the crowd wants to be heard. And that's a good and a bad thing, you know, like, right because you know you can't always give the crowd what they want because then it's not i don't know i don't don't feel that's always the best case now in the end you you create these storylines and so forth and yeah at the end of the day that you should probably provide the fans what they want in some aspect you know right otherwise no one you know want to have anything to do with it yeah that makes sense but it should be it should be in a sense you know a, a trilogy like the the original star wars you know like you know there's hope there you, you you're feeling down and you're like oh no everything's going wrong and then you're like no we we did it and that right. should be how you should segment most of the things you know so yes you're 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 a good guy got the crap beat out of him and all the odds are against him but in the end he figures it out and he does that hero's tale you know so that is that is how good wrestling should be and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't fair enough cool cool um So
0: quick, quick side diversion, Um, Mm -hmm. the, the, the backyard wrestling thing, because again, a a lot of, a lot of this, your relationship with, with, with the wrestles was, was, you know, I was off screen, I was off the Navy or off, off, you know, living in Florida or whatever. Sure. Um, And I'd catch snippets uh, because let's face it, our, our early years when I was, when I was away, like. We, we we didn't talk much. Like not that we didn't like each other or anything. It's just I would never pick up a phone. You, you know what we like we didn't but on the rare occasions when we do and you talk about wrestling. I remember I remember when you were teeny and I was around and you'd be all about wrestling and I'd just walk by you and go, "You know this is all fake, right?" And you'd get super indignant and pissed off and "No, no, well, sure. no, no, whatever." Um That's it. Well, then, that's that's fair. <laughs> and then, you know, I'd do it just to get a rise out of you. Um, cause I was, you know, an asshole like that as a teenager, Todd, you, did that to, <laughs> you
1: did that to me last week, Todd. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Maybe I'm just an asshole.
1: Um, no, no, that's but, not, uh,
0: all right. Backyard wrestling. But, but uh, and I remember, you know, talking yeah. to you and, and hearing about you, you know, having backyard and it's, it's like what you were describing as backyard wrestling was like a stage different or separate from everything we've been talking about. Cause it's like. We're going to, you know, throw each other into cars and smash each other like with with, you know, bottles and and ladders and stuff. Yeah, it was like it it was. Yeah, it was was more like fight club than than wrestling, at least in my perception. So what what was what was that all about? How was that
1: the same? How was that different? How did how that? all right? So what happens is you really, really like something. If I like the NBA, I can go play basketball. If I like football, I get together with my friends. I play backyard football. Right. Right. It, right. Um, with wrestling, it's not that easy to acquire a thousand dollar ring. More importantly, like you need to be trained or at least have some of a an idea of what the heck's going on. So right. in 1999, of course, we developed a bunch of my friends. And at the time, I mean, wrestling was prominent. Like if you were a high schooler, you liked wrestling. I mean, for the most part, you know. Right, it was one of those things where, like, in your age, you probably most people probably like Nirvana or grunge or that kind of music. Just right, that was right. that was the culture. So, right in '99 or '98, '99, we all you know got together and we started creating matches, um, and cr- started creating characters and and so forth. And of course, I would take Dad's camera and we'd go to my friend's right. basement, in which we managed to piece together about four mattresses and we put some tarps over it and, and we started, you know, got a CD player and we started having entrance music. And, and of course I knew how to dub stuff because of dad's, you know, VCRs and everything. Right. And, and next thing you know, is we kind of created our own little federation and, you know, move forward, you know, I'm a creative guy and I've always wanted, you know, this is where my whole dream of having a wrestling ring or a wrestling federation kind of came from. Right. So we'd watch tapes and we'd study stuff and we'd make our own storylines and we'd shoot matches each week. And we had our own little weekly show that we put on VHS tape, Um, you know, and we we sold several copies around school and we'd promote it. We'd make flyers. I made a website, you know, to the point where we had our own little thing. And this wasn't unique. I mean, there was probably five different wrestling federations in the Ohio Valley alone. Like this was a craze that this is a craze that took off. Lauren's brother. Believe it or not, I met Lauren's older brother because he came to one of our wrestling shows because he was a backyarder from another area like and it kind of traveled around (laughs) on the aim and the IOL like we have a federation. So I met several people that would be like, all right, it was almost kind of like a little independent circuit. Are you doing a show today? Yeah, come on down. So we'd meet all these people and they just show up and we'd have matches and we'd, you know, film them. and, And ours was pretty unique in a sense where we did do a lot of the light bulbs, you know, light bulb tubes and tables and, and chairs and jumping off buildings and stuff. But we also had characters because I love the whole character situation. I like the rest of right. garbage man and plumbers and stuff. So we would create characters and we would create storylines and we film them and we would create shows. Um, and I don't remember how it came about, but we ended up, we were pretty prominent on the internet, the early stages of the internet. Cause we had a nice website. Um, And we actually got contacted by Ricky Lake to uh, be on their anti backyard wrestling video uh, show, which I need to find it one day. But
0: uh, I actually have
1: the Fed, I still have the FedEx slip that actually um, shows that we sent the tape in and they offered it. But of course, I played hardball and I'm like, dude, there's five guys. And I'm saying, I'm not going without my five core guys. And we really didn't have anybody that um, opposed it because mom didn't care. You know, she really right. did like she was like, whatever. And all our parents were kind of like, whatever, you know, they needed like a strong opposing like my kid's going to die if they continue it, you know, like a talk right. show would do. Right, so right. we got invited. And of course, I think between me playing hardball and saying, no, I need five guys to show up tickets and everything, which also meant that's right. five families and so forth um, right. and not having a real strong opposing voice. We didn't get the like last call, but they did say not it was sure. one of the better tapes, but that. One of the better tapes also means probably best produced because I made like a music video for it and all types (laughs) of cool stuff because dad's technology allowed me to do that. I I had all the technology to do that early stages of dubbing and everything. So, um, yeah, so we were a hybrid, you know, Uh, essentially uh, there was probably about five of us that were really good that actually took it and tried to learn. And for years, I, you know, in high school, I was saving up. And I said, I'm going to go to this pro wrestling camp down in Florida because I found a found it online and it was a good price. And I was going to be, you know, a legit wrestler. Um, but uh, while I was backyarding, one of the local guys that actually had a real ring and did like local shows in Moundsville and Weerton and stuff, grabbed a couple of us and basically brought us in, you know, and right. had not necessarily a training session, but enough to be like, all right, you can do this. And that's how I got started. in. And, and I think in 2001, 2002, I probably wrestled for about, 10 to 15 shows in Weirton. Um, and I, and you know, and if anybody's out there wants to see this stuff, I do have a lot of my backyard stuff and some of the pro matches on YouTube. You'll just have to uh, cleverly look for it.
0: <laughs> so what was your, what, what, what was your federation called?
1: Um, the federation. What, what,
0: what's what search terms
1: are we, are we Googling right, or,
0: or looking you would, at YouTube for this? All right.
1: You would search for D T W F, which stood for downtown wrestling federation. And yes, the word downtown officially is one word, but we, um, you know, being youthful, uh, didn't realize (laughs) that. So that is, that is flaw number one of the failed federation. (laughs) Um, But if you look for DTWF and uh, there's a couple of them at one point in time, I was uploading all the old matches and then got sick and tired of doing that. Um, But there are a couple of like best ofs. I, I, I made like a compilation uh, DVD for one of my senior projects where I actually made the DVD with highlight videos and and uh, double features and all that jazz. And you'll find a lot of that stuff. Uh, my wrestler name was Hostile, which uh, of course is right in that 99 phase of like rebellious youth. Um, but I also did a couple other characters under masks that were really fun. Um, yeah, you can find all that jazz. And it is uh, it is a decent part of my childhood. And, and I think that um, will always be ingrained as a wrestling fan, even though I get very ticked off at the product sometimes. Like Part of me is like, yep, I will always kind of relish and remember these you know, memories. And probably one day, I think when I hit my midlife crisis, I'll probably buy a wrestling ring just because it was like my first goal as ever as a human being. I'm like, I'm going to own a wrestling ring. And I mean, it is definitely one credit card transaction away. So whenever I hit that midlife crisis, I won't be getting like a convertible red car or anything. I'll probably end up having a wrestling ring in the backyard. So, that's uh, that's my crazy. Well, yeah, it's kind of like kind of like
0: me deciding, hey, I can go buy all those comic books I wanted to, or 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 start to collect mm-hmm. all those you know RPG manuals that I coveted so heavily back. In yeah. The day. You're gonna get yourself yeah. a wrestling ring.
1: Yeah, I think yours is a little bit more practical, but um, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. At least your neighbors aren't looking at you weird.
0: Right. Right. Uh, um,
1: I will tell you one one little side <laughs> thing. A couple years ago, um, wrestling got me back into making websites because the local promoter that um, gave me those 20 wrestling matches when I right. stopped, uh, when I became like a stay at home dad and got promoted, right. um, I got back into wrestling or got back into web design. And I said, I need a project. And for some reason, I looked at their website and it was God awful. And I said, you know what? This is a good one. I said, let me pay him back because he gave me some great memories. So I reached out to him and said, let me make you a website. And that was actually the first website I created because there was no pressure on me. I mean, it was garbage website before. So I got back (laughs) in for about a year. For about a year, I got back in with them. And I actually started doing some announcing and some uh, color commentating. And one of the guys would come to our house and um, we'd shoot videos and stuff. So if you want to see some of that ridiculous stuff, uh, look for Black Diamond Wrestling Wrestling. And okay. I think you, you probably could type in Bobby Casserole, which was my, uh, announcer name because I'm an idiot. Uh, and you'll find some short <laughs> segments that I did there. And, uh, I did do a couple of interviews in ring and, uh, I did a lot of their video production work, uh, for that short stint to kind of get my feet wet with, uh, video and, uh, and uh, website. So since then their website has gone down because I wasn't paying for it. Um, I created this. <laughs> I'm like, I'll make you a website, but I'm not paying for it. And then when they said, now nah, we're not going to pay for it, I was like, okay, bye. So yeah. so
0: is that where Bobby Casserole comes from?
1: No, that, no, Bobby. Working, but... No, no, Bobby Casserole. <laughs> I always Bobby thought was a uh, Dubpoint thing. No, Bobby Casserole actually was created in about 2002, and we can get into that another day when I tell okay. you about my student film where I killed off all the high school football players. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll maybe shelve that for, for another time. Yeah. I think so. Oh, boy. Well, I think Stuff. I think we talked a lot about wrestling. And I know WrestleMania is coming up. And that's one reason why we kind of talked about it. WrestleMania right. is kind of the Super Bowl for wrestling. It is right. the WWE's um, biggest event, typically showcasing all their major angles. And by angles, is a storyline. So they kind right. of, a lot of them come to a clear. Um, and this year, you'll actually see, which is really funny. I actually, my good friend, and I'll name drop here, Justin Benline. Um, for those who want to know a guy that doesn't like to be trolled, but we should troll heavily. His yes. um, father-in-law is actually the, also a father-in-law to the guy in the main event, which is kind of crazy. Oh. So, yeah. So you think about it, uh, a guy in the main event of a WrestleMania uh, and watched by millions upon millions is um, only a couple degrees separation from me. And if I probably wanted the guy's cell phone, I probably could get it uh, with a little bit of asking. So, Nice. Pretty. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. No. So.
0: That, that that seems pretty legit. Yep. Cool. Well, good deal. And I I am at work, so we'll 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 get this wrapped up. Um. Uh. Either you or I need to do some googling and get some links so we can get those into the show notes so people oh, can uh, bask in your glory. Okay. Um. You you can do that and provide those to me and I therefore can do that. assert some level of control, or All I right. can do it. And the people get whatever it is I want, whether you like it or not. So, you know, you do with that what you will. Uh, Todd,
1: if it's on the Internet, (laughs) if it's on the Internet, I give the approval because let's face it, it is kind of what I do.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. So um, any 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 other uh, last minute plugs, things, things you want to throw out there to the people's?
1: No, no. I, th- I think if you want to join in on the revolution and help me hit my midlife crisis early, it probably wouldn't do a lot of hard talking if you convince me why I really need a wrestling ring. So hit me at Eric Hersey and just tell me why we really need a wrestling ring in uh, the middle of Rayland, Ohio. And if the arguments are strong enough, maybe I'll just get that American Express out and make things happen from highspots.com. There you go. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Cool. Well, thank you, Eric. That was quite, that was quite illuminating. Uh, I very much appreciate it. And, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, I uh, hope you all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at todd, or email via toddcastpodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file, or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the Toddcast.
1: is asleep because he woke up at 2 a.m. last night and oh. decided he he wanted to eat chips and watch uh, 1992 wrestling with me so <laughs> oh that's exciting um, well, yeah I mean so we we did that for a little bit and then finally by about four o'clock I'm like dude you're just gonna have to make a decision you're gonna go to bed here you're gonna stay up like let's let's talk about this so he went back to bed now <laughs> so um while watching he wanted to watch hulk videos so which is the incredible hulk not 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 uh hulk hogan
0: Okay. Well, given the context, that could've went either way. So absolutely specified.